Spine, how books are put together. I'm your host, Holly Dunn. Today's episode is an interview with Joe Thompson, a freelance book cover designer who previously worked in-house at Pan Macmillan. She has won awards for her work on Not Working by Lisa Owen, which won the British Book Design and Production Award for Best Jacket in 2016, and Housefrau, which won the Best Mass Market Fiction Prize for 2016 at the ABCD Cover Design Awards. She also designed the UK cover for the Booker shortlisted A Little Life by Hania Yanagihara. Here's the interview with Jo. So you are, you're in Sydney, is that right? Yep, that's right. Okay, and I, I'm judging by your accent that you're from the UK originally? Yeah, uh, yeah. so I'm, um, I only moved here about six months ago. Okay, and before that you were working at Pan Mac? Yep, so I was at Pan Mac for about six years. Oh, wow. Yeah, quite a long, um, long stint there. So could you tell us a bit about well, how, how you got to got to work at, at Pan Mac, what the, what the journey was? <laughs> um, so basically, I, when I was at university, excuse me, I've got a bit of a sore throat. Uh, when I was at university, uh, I started interning at a place called Style Rouge, which, which was kind of more music design, which is originally kind of where I started out in, and ended up working there as a freelancer um, when I finished university. Through that, I kind of stayed there for about a year and I made friends with a um, load of lovely people, including Sharon Chai. And she ended up working at Pan Macmillan. And I then kind of found out that Pan Mac had a design position going. Um, and I kind of got in touch with Sharon, kind of found out a bit more about it and then kind of applied. And yeah, and the rest is kind of history. And I've never really kind of looked back. It's so weird because I never kind of started in book cover design and I kind of found my way to it. And it's just so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess it must be quite different from designing for music. So was was that doing album covers and things like that? Yeah, it was actually, um, it was more kind of multidisciplinary. So it was doing album covers, web design, video editing, uh, merchandise design. Yeah, it kind of covered quite a wide range of media. And it was it was really fun, but it was a lot harder. And it was, it was more kind of budget constrained, I suppose, than... Um, book design is when you're working in a smaller studio you're kind of filling in timesheets so you're really kind of aware of how much time you have to spend on something you kind of feel like you can't experiment as much um, particularly with more kind of commercial things so it's generally a photo shoot in a band so yeah so I'm sort of wondering how how they're similar as well if so if you're designing a, a cover for an album as opposed to a cover for a book they're both quite abstract things that aren't visual in themselves so you're you're translating from either the music or from the text into something that's visual that's going to sell it are are they quite similar in in that sense yeah I guess they are they are it is kind of like it it's creating imagery based on yeah like you say something that is um not really well I mean I guess the book's visual but like not necessarily kind of image based um so yeah kind of translating that is kind of a similar thought process yeah, I kind of, um, I find, I've, I think I've always found it easier with books. I guess I kind of have more of an affinity with them because I've always grown up, like I, I love music and I love listening to it. I found that you're kind of, you're constrained a lot more in the music industry because I think there's a lot more players getting involved. Like with publishing, it's generally it's the author and then it's kind of the editors and um, 
the sales reps and all of those people, but you're all kind of within a similar kind of building or you're kind of all in closer contact. Whereas in the music industry, you've kind of got, um, you're in a design studio, you've got all the people in the design studio, then you've got the actual um, record label, the band, all the people surrounding the band. It's a lot harder to kind of get things through. Mm, so, that, that makes sense. And I suppose you, you don't have the, the hardback and paperback thing with with, um, with albums. So it's sort of you've got one shot to get it right. Whereas with, with books, often if a book does well, it'll it'll come out in multiple editions. Exactly, yeah. And also you kind of you get to play with more finishes, I suppose, with books. Um, like you get to do your gold foils and you get to kind of like, I think there's more of a... Um, there's more of a range of options you can explore in terms of the way that you print it and you create it. Whereas like with album packaging, I think particularly now that vinyls are kind of, well, they're kind of, they're coming more into fashion now. But um, when I kind of was going into the industry, it was, it was uncertain as to where it was going to end up. Everything was either kind of dual case and then it was kind of going more to MP3. So I think it's kind of, there's a bit more of a resurgence now in design based um, kind of craftsmanship. But, yeah, I think with books, you you do have more of a chance to, if it doesn't work in one kind of format, like you say, you can completely reinvent it in a second format. Yeah, definitely. And even target a completely different audience with, with a paperback release. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, and you kind of, I suppose, you can kind of go with the hardback is going to be your, right, people who really love this author or who really want to pick it up because it's a beautiful object and then kind of go for a much more commercial look later on in paperback, whereas you can't really do that so much with music stuff. Yeah, well, that's that's really interesting. I, I don't think I've met anyone who's taken that that kind of route from, from music to, to books, but that, that's really interesting. That's actually quite funny, because um, at Pam Mac, um, one of my colleagues there, Stuart Wilson, he also used to work in the music industry, oh. um, and then also ended up, so we actually had a quite... Uh, had a few kind of um, mutual contacts. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. So funny. Such a small world. Did you did you find that you sort of thought in a similar way when you were designing books as well? I don't know. It's such a, it feels like such a long time ago now. But um, I think it was kind of, I feel like with books, you get to be a lot more self-indulgent. Like you can kind of, um, you can explore so many more options. Um where you kind of have more of a stricter, tighter brief with um, album and kind of music stuff. So it kind of, it almost kind of felt like I'd come out of a tunnel and I was suddenly in a field and I was like, I can do whatever I want. And I could kind of like go crazy and start drawing stuff and rather than just kind of retouching photos and then putting type on them and, you know. Yeah. So at Pan Mac, I'm looking at your, your portfolio here and I'm assuming that most of the, the, the covers you've got here are ones that you did while you were at Pan Macmillan. Is that right? Yeah, that's about right. And um, so there are a couple that I, I really wanted to talk to you about before we sort of talk about the, the freelance side of things. Um, sure. But I mean, the first one that, that comes up is the cover for Ithaca. Um, oh, yeah. Which is just gorgeous. And I love that it's it's cut out of, of paper and card. And um, if, if you're listening to this and, and don't know what I'm talking about, do go and have a look at the cover because this will make a lot more sense um but it's so, so this was all made out of paper and card and photographed could you talk to me a little bit about the process of designing this sure uh so Ithaca um it was obviously brief to us and I took it on as um 
my project that I was going to work on. And it kind of, it started out as various different ideas and then it kind of eventually got funneled down to this paper cut idea. So it kind of started out with me putting it together in Photoshop using kind of um, shadows and stuff like that and thinking, well, you know, maybe if I make it look really good, we could do it in Photoshop and, you know, it'll look really cool and kind of mimic the idea of paper cut, which is silly because you can't really ever do that successfully. And then we were talking it through and in the cover meeting that we had every Wednesday, um, they were like, well, we'll, we could get it made now. I said, yeah, that would be great. If we've got the budget for that, let's hire an illustrator and they can do it. And then my art director was like, oh, you can make it. And at that moment, I was just like, oh, God, can I? Um, Because you kind of (laughs) were just like, oh, no, this could go so wrong. I was just envisioning, I don't know if you've seen the Simpsons episode where Homer makes Lisa a costume. I think she goes to Florida to, um, she's like dressed in this like, I don't know, cardboard box with like an orange tape to her. And I was like, this is what this is going to end up looking like. <laughs> I'm going I'm to end up with this kind of like disaster and I'll be presenting it in the cover meeting being like, sorry, guys. But, you know, James, my art director, was kind of confident that I could do it. And I was like, oh, God. So I kind of like took my idea. I sat down with it and kind of started sketching out each individual part and kind of working out how I could make it look layered and kind of really give it that depth. And it ended up with me kind of like, I got a, I think I got a box from the mailroom and just kind of got loads of card and just kind of started, I went and sat down in our kind of lunch area and just spread myself right out, much to the annoyance of everyone around me, and just started kind of cutting out all these shapes and just sticking them together and figuring it all out. And it kind of eventually kind of just came together. And you know, you're just like, nobody touched this. <laughs> Nobody's allowed to come near it because I'm so scared it's going to fall apart. Um, and then um, Stu, my colleague, he's really good with the camera. He kind of came and helped me light it and then he shot it and it kind of, yeah, it just took, it just kind of came to life. It was great. Like, I think it's so nice when you kind of get books in and you see them like in their kind of actual physical hardbackness and then kind of getting that in, I was just like, oh my God, it actually worked. It finally came together. Because I'd been like, I'd been so worried about it. I was so worried that I was literally, it was all going to fall apart. I had a backup option in my head, just, you know, ready, waiting to go if, you know, for whatever reason, the paper cut didn't work. So it was nice. It was really fun kind of experimenting like that because I think I hadn't really, I'd never done anything kind of papery like that before. So it was really exciting getting to actually work with it. I definitely want to do it more in the future. Yeah, I've done a piece uh, with a similar method for my own portfolio um, as as a sort of experiment. And I found it to be, yeah really really fun and something that I'd like to ex- explore as well um the thing that I found difficult was getting that depth and making sure that all the pieces were the right size because then you stack them behind each other and they start to look too small because you're used to drawing in in 2D and suddenly you're you're thinking in in three dimensions and having to stack things in front and behind of each other exactly and it's kind of it's lighting it so that you can't see where you've kind of place loads of pieces of card behind it to just try and give it that depth and also there's no undo button so you just like you make one wrong cut and you're just like oh I'm not going to do this again (laughs) so um no it was fun it was really um and it's just nice being away from the screen and actually doing something with your hands and actually building something because you're kind of you're almost more proud of it because you're just like I actually made this this like I actually physically made this whole thing which yeah it was really good like it was really fun to do I think it was just the kind of really kind of like it was scary. It was a daunting project, like because I kind of made it kind of quite um, fiddly in the uh, Photoshop illustration that I'd done, and you know we pay people to do this, like to design and cut, and the people who are excellent at it and kind of do it really well. And I'm just like, can't one of them do it? Want one of them do it? Because they're like 
better than me. <laughs> so yeah, but oh, it was... well, looks wonderful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I was um yeah, I was really happy with how it turned out. And then the text, I assume that was added over the top in Photoshop. The black text actually was part of the box. So, so that was with the, with the string hanging down. Ah, uh, yeah. See, we tried yeah. string. Uh, turns out if you use cardboard and fishing wire, fishing wire just pings back up. Like it doesn't have the weight to hold it. So that was once we built that, then trying to get it so that the type sat in the box, like hung um, from different levels, it, and it just didn't work. Like so, ended up getting a piece of wire and sticking the letters to the wire, and then photoshopping out the wire later on. Ah, oh. oh, I see. Yeah, so that was that um. That was an interesting kind of lesson there. It's like, okay, we cannot use fishing wire for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all these things that you, you don't think of while you're planning it out and then... You just assume it's going to work. So um, you're kind of like... Because at that point, I'd built the whole thing. I'm desperately trying not to disturb anything. I don't want anything to fall down or, um, you know, any of the little houses to fall off. I'm just like, it's all perfect. <laughs> trying to um, trying to stick this in and it's just like not working. Um, there's so no undo there button. End. Exactly, there's no undo button. I'm just like, please don't all collapse. I really don't need that to happen right now. Yeah. I've, I've read a few of these books as well that you've got here. Um, so I particularly wanted to talk about the cover for A Little Life because I'm very envious that you, you got this project. Um, <laughs> because such a big book was, I, I mean, you, you probably knew at this point that it was going to be a, a huge book because it, it had already come out in the States at this point. Am, am I right in thinking that? Um, I can't really quite remember, but um, I, don't think, I don't think we realised it was going to be as big as it actually ended up being. You kind of take on these projects and you just assume that it'll be like, it'll do well, but I don't think I ever thought it was going to, um, before I read it, I didn't think it was ever going to be like um, huge. I just kind of took it on as like an extra, you know, one of my book covers that I was going to do. Because I think it was quite, it was briefed quite late. So it was, we had to kind of, the whole process for it was really sped up to try and meet the deadline that we had to meet. But yeah, it was, um, it was such a, it was quite a tricky one to, to work on because obviously you're dealing with quite um, difficult themes in the book. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it was interesting. I was just, it's crazy how big it ended up becoming. Yeah. Cause I, I remember seeing the, the US edition and thinking, Oh gosh, how are they going to do this for the for the UK one? Because the 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 US one really does suit the um the, the whole. It, it it sums up the book very well, I thought. But then this one just goes for a, a very different look, and again, I think it it just works so well. And um, am I right in thinking that the end papers are also the exterior of that building? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um. I think it's kind of. I, yeah, because we tried a few things. I think um, the editor was very keen for us to use a shot of New York. I think he didn't want it to be figurative and he didn't really kind of want it to be too fussy. I kind of played around with a few ideas and then I kind of had an idea of just putting like the type behind it. So it's kind of the idea of that looking a very small glimpse into a life. You really want to make something out of the fact that the book is so thick and so like you have this big spine. So it was quite mm. fun to be able to play with that as an extra piece of design as well. Yes, it's not often you get that. No, exactly. Yeah. And um, it can be kind of like, it can be such a 
waste of space if you're just kind of, you know, because I mean, often, more often than not, um, books are spine out anyway. So if you can really kind of use that to your advantage and um, make the whole cover work on that, then yeah, it's just, it's a great opportunity. And, and all too often the co- uh, the spine is left to the very last minute and you know, it's all about the cover and you kind of forget that, that that is how it's going to be seen for most of its life. Yeah, no, this one, um, we actually considered the whole package, I think, quite early on. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, I think, you know, with others, you, you end up kind of putting it together later on in the book's life. Um, when we we're actually pitching this visual, I actually did the whole cover and I think I actually wrapped it around a book as well, just to kind of make sure that it was, um, you know, to emphasize it. Because I think people were still a bit umming and ahhing about it in cover meetings. So it was good to kind of just really try and push the idea as far and as fast as possible. Yeah, for sure. And I, I love that you've got that, that streak, or those streaks of red in there. Yeah. Of gives that because you've got that undertone of, or sometimes not even an undertone of, of violence and threat throughout the whole book. Yeah, it is. It's it's quite a kind of um, yeah. It's 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 very dark and it's very sad in places. Um, so it's kind of it was good to try and get that sense of that into the book and that um, yeah, that feeling of a sense of home that isn't really yeah there. Yeah, and that um, the fire escape, a pretty important moment in in the book as well. Which yeah. I won't spoil if anyone hasn't read it, but <laughs> yeah, I remember reading it and just being like oh my god this is um this is you know it's an epic book so you're just like daunting (laughs) and are you what while you're reading do you note down ideas and images of what you think might work for the cover or do you sort of take it all in and then start thinking about the images afterwards um I kind of do a bit of both I um if I have ideas while I'm reading it I'll kind of jot it down I'll kind of do a few sketches just so that it's kind of present in my mind I do quite a lot of um, uh, spider diagrams as well. So if I've got an idea, I kind of write it down and then that kind of shoots onto a different idea. And then that kind of, it just, you end up with like these whole kind of charts of different things that I'll kind of turn back to in like a couple months time and be like, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But at the time it does. So yeah, that's kind of how I work. Another one I wanted to talk about was um, The Wonder by Emma Donoghue. And part of the reason I wanted to talk to you about this is because... I interviewed Kimberly Glider a few months ago and she did the um the American edition of this book and it's it's quite different yet it has it has that same kind of tone which I haven't actually read this book but I'm assuming that means that that both books have really got the essence of of the book itself. Yeah, it's interesting cuz like um uh her one's the one with the spoon. I think mm. that's right. Yeah. Um that's that's a big part of the book and I think we even explored options for that um but yeah I, I really like her cover for it I think it, it's interesting how you can have two designers working on the same book and you both end up with different outcomes mm. um so yeah I know it was really um that was a really fun one to work on but it was, again quite daunting because it's Emma Donoghue and like yeah. um <laughs> you're just like um you get to work on that and it's like it's kind of a blessing and a curse because it's like oh it's such a great book I can do loads of fun stuff with it and it's got all these beautiful kind of all this beautiful imagery and kind of potential but also it's Emma Donoghue so there's a huge kind of sales expectation and there's so many kind of um there's a precedent there so yeah it was um a bit of a kind of yeah double-edged sword that one but yeah it was really fun to work on like I love anything where I get to um get to play with lots of kind of twiddly designs and make it really kind of 
amp up the kind of fairy tale or um, fable aspect of something. Yeah, and that, that really comes across. Did you work on the paperback edition of that as well? Uh, yes, yes, I did. So what was that What was that process like? Um, did you come at it completely fresh or were you sort of thinking about what had worked well for, for the, the hardback edition and... Because it, it is quite different, isn't it? Yeah, no, I think it was um it was briefed to be more kind of commercial. Um I think they they like they they liked the hardback edition, but it needed to be a lot more um commercial. I think the title needed to be bigger and it needed to kind of um but still have that um almost not quite fairy tale, but you know, um old wives tale kind of fairy, fairy kind of essence to it. So yeah, I think I tried a few different options looking more at kind of patterns and kind of larger decorative elements um, before landing on the idea of the, the little bird surrounded by this kind of almost menacing forest of things that could try and do harm to it while it's kind of starving away. But yeah, it was, I was glad that we got to keep the kind of decorative element and kind of keep it in a similar, even though it is different, it still feels like it's not too far from the hardback. Yeah, you've still got your twiddly designs in there, but... Yep, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> And that's something that we see in um, uh, the Helen Oyemi books as well. Yeah, again, like I, I, yeah, I love kind of using like old illustrations. Like I love throwing gold foil on things. Yeah, I just think I I, I like all the kind of um, old fairy tale books and all the kind of gilt illustrations and that. And I love any opportunity to kind of play around with that. Particularly kind of like I love different kind of cultures and different taking things from different stories and fables that have come out through the years like all the um, Russian folklore and artwork from that it's really fun and interesting to play with as well that was really great fun and that was such a fun brief it was I think it started with boy snow bird yeah. which I think is a kind of snow white based story it was read mm-hmm. uh, remember um I read it such a long time ago you know when things kind of just blur slightly yes um, that's how it is in my mind as well <laughs> But it was kind of um, a fairy tale, um, modernized and rewritten. So I love that kind of thing. We can kind of almost take a, put a twist on something that's old, but make it look a lot fresher and new, whilst kind of keeping that core kind of beauty and um, uh, delicateness. So yeah, yeah. And and the the hardback of this doesn't have a dust jacket, does it? It's just the the naked hardback. Oh, uh, boy, no bad. Yeah. Yes, that's right. It was um, PLC. Yeah, I really, I was really happy with how that one came out. Um, a lovely feel to it. Yeah, yeah. We um we printed on um I think it was textured Wiblin, mm-hmm. and then just kind of printed the texture on it. And it kind of when you hold it, it's just got that. It's got such a nice kind of feel to it. It feels like kind of grainy paper, which I love. Yeah, almost like a cloth bound finish. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I know that was um that was really fun to work on. Again, because it was like we using kind of such small I was using such small kind of foil dots I was so worried that it was going to bleed into it and just like again so much potential to go wrong that when it came in I was just like oh oh my god it's okay so yeah yeah that was um that was great yeah and it almost looks like it's been stamped on there as well I'm just zooming in a bit Um, but the the text and the the purple color oh yeah yeah that's a vintagey look yeah yeah I love doing that (laughs) I'm really guilty I'm guilty of applying that to a lot of things um yeah (laughs) I think that that's yeah you know, one of those things that starts happening is you you start seeing patterns in in your own work and think oh can I really get away with doing this again exactly oh, I yeah, probably you, can <laughs> yeah like, ah this is a brush set I like using on this a lot I should really stop doing that now <laughs> yeah um yeah I think you kind of you fall into a thing where you're just like I really enjoy doing this certain thing but I need to kind of like you know um 
keep myself open to other ideas and other kind of influences rather than just doing the same thing that I like all the time yeah uh, yeah well what one in, in your portfolio that's again very very different is I mean it's got the twiddly designs but the I, I want to know how, how you actually made this is housebrow was that actually embroidered oh, it was embroidered yes um there's an amazing um design studio I think it's two sisters called Marika Marika who I think are actually based in Sydney and they they actually they embroidered the whole thing I believe by hand then they actually sent it to us so you know you just like wow that's amazing and then you get it in the post you're like wow that is amazing like that was great because I remember kind of like pitching it I was like we could get it embroidered and everyone was like uh <laughs> and then um yeah we found them and they were just like they were amazing they were so great to work with as well like they're fantastic so did you do the design and then send it off to them to embroider uh, yeah I kind of um I came up with a rough idea again and, and kind of like laid it all out in photoshop and kind of used um bits of kind of fun imagery to kind of denote where I wanted certain things but they kind of then took it and made it so much better like they um they sent us sketches first and I was just like well these are great just off the <laughs> I'm just straight off the bat and then they um they kind of they were really great because they kind of sent us updates of how they were doing the um all the stitching it was just amazing it was great to kind of be part of the process and kind of be able to watch what was happening but they did such a fantastic job it was really great I was really thrilled with that one and it was great because we got to, we actually gave the um the final stitched piece that they sent over which was the full jacket like they did the flaps they did the spine they did the quote on the back um it was a complete kind of entity we framed it and gave it to the um author as a kind of publication oh. which was really nice I say we like the um the marketing or uh, comms department gave it to them uh, yeah I just think that's such a nice thing to do oh how lovely yeah but as I take it was one frustrating thing with that book was uh I think I spent about 10 hours going over all of the line work um on the cover t- for the emboss layer and ah. I don't think it held out very well on the paper stock that we used so you kind of get it in it's like oh, it's slightly erased and then like a month later I was like nope it's flat oh. <laughs> so that was um that was a lesson well learned it was um yeah it was really good to work on and so much variety here as well I love that yeah, well, it's, it's also, it's just so nice working with them, um, like other creatives, because I mean, like I said with Ithaca, there are people out there who do things that you can't do, and they do it so amazingly well. So to be able to kind of like get to use them is incredible and get to work with them is so much fun. Just even kind of watching the process is really fun and so interesting. I guess it must be very different for you now. So, so you're working freelance, is that right? Yeah, that's right. And, and you have been since you moved to Australia? Yeah. Okay. So, um, h- how has that been? Uh, I think it's been, it's been a steep learning curve, but no, it's been fine. I think I'm I miss being part of a bigger team. I think it's it's strange, kind of like working quietly by yourself all day because I'm a bit of a chatterbox. I kind of I get I struggle a bit. <laughs> you run out of podcasts and you run out of like audiobooks. You're just like tapping your fingers, like I need someone to talk to. <laughs> But no, it's like, it's it's great. And I think it's amazing that it's an industry that you can actually do that. Like, it's amazing that you can just kind of um, sit and do work in from wherever now in the world. And you can still, like, I still work with Pam McMillan. Um, I work with tons of clients, both in Australia and in the UK. And I still find that insane that I can sit here and do that. And I could basically be anywhere. Yeah, it's great. When you're working with um, UK clients and um, and Australian, do you notice much of a difference between the two? 
I think you get things approved faster with the Australian clients than you do with the UK. I think there are less revisions. And I think the, um, there's a definite kind of difference in kind of the aesthetic and the market in uh, Australia versus the UK. So it's kind of kind of adapting to that is kind of an interesting learning curve. So what would you say are the main differences aesthetically? Um, well, for, for example, uh, Australian uh, female fiction isn't, like, none of it's illustrated. Uh, like, so you wouldn't get your, um, it's like things like Jenny Colgan, and Lucy Diamond, stuff like that, which is kind of heavily illustrated in the UK, is kind of more photographic here. Like, it just, oh. I don't think it's, I've heard it doesn't sell well. And I think there's less crime fiction here. I think I was talking to someone about that. So it's not, um, you get less of the kind of thriller type stuff. I think um, Australia kind of sits between the UK and uh, the US in terms of the way that their kind of designs work. So it kind of takes the best from both. That's interesting because um, I've noticed having moved back to New Zealand from the UK, the, the aesthetic is, is quite different here. And again, it's quite different from Australia. I think it's even more photographic in, in yeah. New Zealand. Um, whereas, so I've sort of been putting out feelers uh, in, in terms of getting freelance work, both in New Zealand and in Australia, and I've had much more success in Australia, and they seem to go more for the illustrated look that I'm into um, that, than in New Zealand, which I thought was really interesting. Mm, I think they kind of, um, I think for more of their um, more literary books, they kind of go more illustrative. Mm. Uh, I think they take more of a lead from um the US, I think, for kind of more the commercial stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But like, um, I think like Australia definitely produces really beautiful literary novels. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, in terms of your process as well, com- compared to working at, at Pan Macmillan, how do they differ? I, I mean, in, in terms of starting off with a brief through to completion is it is it similar or is it very very different um i think it's similar i think it's um obviously now i have to kind of i'm in charge of managing my own time whereas like i kind of uh, i had a studio manager who would kind of helpfully let me know if deadlines were coming up and i'd be like okay yeah I'll, you know sort that and kind of print off update our kind of uh critical path sheets and stuff like that whereas like with me now it's like i have to sit and work out what my priorities are and um work to those deadlines but also it's kind of it's interesting because one of my favorite things about working as part of a team is that you can kind of bounce ideas off people mm-hmm. so like you can be like oh you know what do you think about this uh, I'm not sure if this is working what do you think about this whereas like when you're a freelancer and particularly if you're working by yourself you can't really do that you have to kind of go more of your own judgment and just be like look I can't send like 38 visuals with like a slight color change that's just not going to work um I'm just going to have to pick you know my favorite one so it's quite I guess it's good in the sense that it's kind of it's maybe a lot more decisive so I'm much more ruthless with my my design work than I think I was as in-house but yeah it's um it's I'd say it's more or less the same it's kind of um I still sit down I still kind of like you know I'll read, have a read through the novel I'll um kind of come up with some ideas and kind of sketch them out and then more often than it you kind of like you'll have an idea and you're just like oh that that's a great idea and then you'll kind of sit down and you'll actually start doing it it's like this was so much better in my head yeah. <laughs> why why won't you work so yeah it's interesting because I rather than working towards in the UK I'd work towards one deadline which would be um our cover meeting which would happen every Wednesday afternoon um whereas as a freelancer everyone's cover meetings are on different days so you're kind of working towards lots of different deadlines you're kind of spinning lots of plates 
so it's interesting in that respect. Do you usually have time to, to read the books that you're designing for or read most of it? Yeah, I usually do. I, I try and make an effort to, like in the evenings yeah. I'll sit down and just kind of um, read it. I think particularly if it's a, um, if it's more kind of, I think with more of the literary kind of novels, you you should, probably should, because um, I think it's always good to have a good concept behind something. Um, otherwise, you've just basically just got a pretty picture on a cover and it's not as, you know, you kind of want it to have a bit more depth. You want it to represent the book. But then I, with kind of more commercial covers, if it's in a series style, or you kind of don't necessarily need to. You kind of read a synopsis because if it's going to, it's always going to have the sans serif type in that kind of particular format because that's how all the other ones before it had it. So it's not going to need anything dramatically different happening on, on it. And how far out are you usually working from the publication of, of the book? Is it sometimes you get sent a sent the novel but it's still in a in a draft form or um yeah it kind of varies like um I've been sent novels that uh like I've had a couple of ones that are translations and I've they haven't fully translated it yet so I've been sent like a page or two or I've been sent um like 10 pages of a manuscript that they've got so far but they're going to get the rest in later I've also had briefs where it's like we need this now because this is publishing in like three months or whatever so it's like um it, it can really drastically vary like there are books that I started when I first kind of arrived here that I think I'm still kind of waiting to put together as a final thing and then there are books that I had to do within like a month and send off so it, it does really vary and I suppose you you get to know which which publishers have different time frames as well yeah yeah and it's interesting because you kind of um it's interesting working with different publishing houses and kind of seeing the way that they work differently to each other. Mm. Um, yeah, which is quite fun. It's, I think the one thing that kind of carries through is that they're all such, like, it's such a nice industry to work in. Like, everyone is so really, so lovely to work with, which I think is the kind of thing with um, the music industry is that wasn't necessarily always the case. Um, I, think, I think it's a bit more of a cutthroat industry, particularly in the kind of record label kind of setting. Yeah, no, publishing, like, it's great because everyone's just really lovely. Yeah, and and I guess um, each time you start working with a new art director as well, it's sort of figuring out what their expectations are and, and how how you translate between um, what they're saying and what they actually mean in, in terms of the visuals. Exactly, yeah. And um, it's also kind of, um, it's like, am I sending too many? Am I sending too few? Um, yeah. Is this what you meant? I don't, you know, and then um, when they send feedback and you're just like, okay I'm not quite sure do you need me to do this that and the other so it's kind of um, it's working out I mean you kind of get a feel for people after a few projects and you can kind of anticipate what they're going to ask for so that's quite helpful yeah for sure do you have a, a dream project something that you would a book that you would most like to work on I'd love to work on one of the uh, illustrative books in like Australia so like one of the kind of cooking books or one of the kind of fully um full colour kind of internals and stuff like that. Like I'd love to be able to work on a full project. So that's kind of my goal for next year. Is that something that you'd look at doing just yourself as a, as a personal project? Or would you wait until you, somebody said, oh, can you do this? I think I'd probably maybe look at kind of collaborating with someone and doing it rather than just yeah. be by myself. But yeah, definitely like, yeah, just see what kind of comes up. So... If, if you had to sum up what you think makes a, a great book cover, what would that be? Would it be sort of 
things like originality or I've, I've been asking this um to every book cover designer i can find basically and um i was wondering what your take would be on that i think it, uh, what makes a good book cover design uh it depends so i think from an audience perspective it's kind of the whole it needs to appeal to the people that are going to enjoy that book i think a good book cover design is um a book that makes yeah the people who want to who would really enjoy that book pick it up out of all the other books that they see on the shelves i think if you've done that then that's a good cover design i think from a design perspective like it's kind of it's when other people can like pick it up and go oh god i wish i'd done that like yeah <laughs> that's the kind of that's the mark of a good designer so when you kind of like you see something you just go oh wish i'd done that like it's so clever it's so simple yeah. and so clever so yeah i think it's it's kind of that kind of thing yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's definitely that's, I, I get that that level of envy sometimes walking into a bookshop. And think, oh, that's just just so perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like um, I've, I try to stop doing that. Like I, I love um, looking at bookshops and stuff, but you just can't you can't sit there kind of going like oh, so, so many brilliant book cover designers out there. Oh, yeah. I suck. Because <laughs> so, I think there's like um, there's actually a um, there's a saying, I think it's like comparison is the thief of joy. And it's totally true. Like if you're going to yeah. if you sit there kind of going ah, oh, look at all of the things. I'm rubbish. I can't do this. I shouldn't even be trying because it's just so easy to do that. There are so many brilliant um, cover designers out there that, yeah. But I find it, it depends what sort of mood I'm in. If I'm feeling a bit down and I go into a bookshop and look at all the designs, I think, oh, why am I even bothering? But if I'm in a different headspace and I'll go and think, oh, there are so many brilliant ideas out there. It just makes me want to go home and design stuff. Uh, yeah, I think if you're kind of, um, if you're, in a point where you're, say, struggling on a book cover and you kind of go into bookshop, you're like, why can they all do it? Why can't I? Yeah. Um, but then if, say, um, I've been on holiday and I've kind of gone into bookshops and stuff and then I've just been like, God, I'm so excited to get back and actually do some more design work, which is such a nerdy thing to say. But, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of <laughs> really excited. Like, I can't wait to just kind of sit down and really kind of do some design work because I'm just excited to kind of, like, play with all the colours and all the kind of, you know, shapes I've seen. Or even, like, if you see things that... Um, inspire you way away it's just yeah yeah absolutely and that's just the most wonderful feeling yeah I mean, it, it must be like a, a runner's high for designers yeah definitely I think it's also like going to talks and stuff like I went to um I went and saw uh uh John Gray and Jamie Keenan at the St Bride talk and I remember kind of coming away from that being like oh, I need to go and design some stuff because <laughs> you do you just kind of like you get a kind of like it's infectious yeah for sure and that's why I love doing these podcasts as well getting to speak to other people who are just as passionate about book design yeah it's good it's a great industry and it's um it's filled with such great people all right well, i think we'll we'll wrap that up there this has been great oh yeah. thank you spine is a production of spine magazine for show notes articles audio and video about the enormous talent that goes into creating books visit spinemagazine.co